are listening to Stories from Palestine podcast, a podcast recorded in Palestine and about Palestine. My name is Crystal. I am originally from the Netherlands and I am married to a Palestinian. We live in Beit Safafa between Jerusalem and Bethlehem and we run Singer Cafe and Al Chisar Bar in Beit Sahur. Before moving to Palestine in 2013, I worked as a teacher and tour guide in the Netherlands. I have a degree in history and in tour guiding and many years of tour guiding experience. Due to the COVID pandemic, tourism in Palestine came to a complete halt and that's why I started Stories from Palestine podcast in August 2020. This is the second year of the podcast with every week on Monday a new episode about the history and heritage of Palestine as well as the reality of life today. I hope you will enjoy today's episode. We are recording this podcast episode on Thursday evening, but on the day of release, it will be the first day of the month Ramadan. And in this month, Muslims all over the world refrain from eating during the day between sunrise and sunset. And when they break their fasting, they usually do that by eating a date. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about this tradition and about dates in general and specific also Palestinian dates. And by coincidence, last week I received a message on Instagram from an account called Jamila Dates. And it had an invitation in it to come to check out and visit a date plantation or a date farm in El Auja near Jericho. Now, I have to be honest, when I saw that message, I imagined that I was being messaged by a man. And we've been chatting a little bit up and down. And I said, oh, it would be nice to visit. Uh, let's see in the future. And then I had an opportunity to go to Jericho last week, which eventually didn't happen. But then I texted again and then I received a voice message back. And that voice message was a female voice. And then I was so surprised to know that this date plantation is run by a woman. And we didn't meet yet. The, we are going to do that, uh, inshallah, in the near future. But I said, okay, I'm going to ask her to be on the podcast to talk about dates because I am super excited to speak to a female entrepreneur who is running a dates business. So, Jamila, welcome to the podcast. Can you introduce yourself? Thank you so much, Christy, and thank you so much for the invitation. So my name is Jamila Fitiani Dajani. I'm 50 years old. I'm a wife and a mother of three uh, kids. Now they are teenagers, Zaid, Aid, and Layla. I come from Jerusalem, but my project and our date plantation is at Oja, nearby Jericho. It was my husband's hobby to plant the first uh, 50 palm trees. And then um, the 50 palm trees, now it's a farm run by me and my kids and remotely by my husband. But we are the one who are in charge in our farm. Thank you for that introduction. Now, let's first start. It's almost Ramadan. Can you explain why do Muslims consume a lot of dates in the month of Ramadan? What is the connection of dates and Ramadan? Now, first of all, we say that it's like um, the habit that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was uh, breaking his fast always by a date. So this is Sunnah. 
But if you come to the scientific as well uh, explanation and the nutrients that one date has, it can fulfill all the things that you have lose all the day long especially if it comes in the summer times, as well also in winter time, it gives you all the nutrients where the sugar level in the blood, it will be going smoothly high, and then you will feel refreshed and uh, you can break your fast on a date. So your body will gradually start eating healthy. So this is how it's explained let's say, health-wise and scientifically-wise. Also, a date should be an odd number, not an even, either one or three or five. When you eat this portion of dates, you will have the correct portion of all the nutrients that the date has, more than to have the even number, like two or four. And also, it's like sunnah. This is what Prophet Muhammad was doing. Oh, that's interesting because I usually, when I am a little bit hungry in the afternoon, I like to eat some dates. So I have to pay attention that I eat either one or three or five, not an even number. Yes, as well, when you eat, I read about it, but I'm not sure how far it is correct. But when you eat also the odd numbers, you will have this phosphor, the minerals, the phosphor in the portion of the three dates or one or or five which can do like an aura around your body so it's like to protect you from the evil eyes and from the bad spirits all these kinds of things actually i just remember now when you were talking that when i was pregnant in the last stage they told me that uh, eating dates will also help me to start with the delivery. Did you ever hear this? Exactly. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, it is well known that it's easy also the delivery and uh, it helps in uh, delivering. Yes. Yeah, because they told me, don't eat too many dates in an early stage, but towards the end, you should eat a lot. Exactly. Also, I was going to ask you about the relationship with Islam. I know that, for example, the olive tree is named as a blessed tree in the both in the Quran, but also in the Bible. Is there any other mention of the date tree in the Quran? Yes, for uh, Virgin Mary, when she delivered also, means that eat from the food of this holy tree. As well, it's always mentioned in the Holy Quran together with the olive tree, and the palm tree, plus also the bee, the honey, and grapes as well. These, all of them, they grow in Palestine, right? And honey also. Yes, well, honey as well, but still, you know, you can have the beehives nearby the trees of, let's say, the palm trees, the grapes, um, the wine yards. Do the palm trees need Well, maybe we should first describe the palm tree before we talk about pollination. (laughs) Can you describe for people who don't know, who are from other countries who don't have palm trees, what does that tree look like? Well, according to what I know, they come from the ancient cultivation. And uh, it's believed to have originally come from the Persian and Arabian Gulf. And it has been cultivated by the Arabs in the Middle East from around 6000 B.C. Wow. Yes. But now all the, um, the regions of the Arabs, they have a lot of palm uh, trees. And you have 
in the world around 600 species of dates. Oh, that's really a lot. And for us, the Palestinian date palm trees are mainly known as majul. Well, it's called majhul, not majul. Majhul, it means unknown in Arabic. Uh, because the original of this palm tree is unknown. So that's why the name is majul, because the origins are unknown. Yes. The tree, it has a very big stem. And it has leaves. These leaves has thorns. The thorns are poisonous. We should take care of when we work with the palm trees. Yes, it's poison. From the tree, you have female and male. They look the same. They look alike. But then you have the male and the female. And the male produce the pollination, the hormone. And it's carried out and given not through nature or by uh, bees. No, it should be by mankind to pollinate, especially the majhul, not the other kinds. The other kinds are by nature, they can be pollinated, but especially for the majhul or the majhul dates, which is unknown like this, it should be pollinated by man. And each male tree can pollinate or give pollination for 40 to 50 female palm tree. So does that mean that you have more female palm trees? And do, do they both also give dates? Or is it only the female that gives dates? The female, but the male, it gives the pollination. It gives, let's say, the hormone. We take the hormone, but now we buy the hormone because we have just one male palm tree, which is just yani, enough, and sometimes it's not enough for 40 to 50 uh, palm trees. So we have to buy the pollination from a farm which has just male palm trees. So we buy the pollination from them, let's say the hormone. Also added to it uh, several things. So when the worker comes and he goes up to the tree and he goes and give the hormone for every female and this round it's made once and twice and three times so to make sure that all the trees are pollinated and they have the hormone so afterwards we will have the clusters the um, dates can you describe that because i'm really curious first of all how does he get up in the tree and then what does he do? Does he use a brush or does he spray it? And where? Like, are there blossoms? Or wh where does he bring that uh, pollination uh, hormone? So I will first tell you about the, the date season. So the date season, it begins early in the year when we clean up all the trees after the end of uh, the dormant period by dethorning the date fronts. It has thorns. These thorns are around 8 to 10 centimeters long. And imagine, they can easily pierce through a tractor tire. So we have to make sure about these thorns when we work with the dates. So as I told you, uh, the date palms are unique. They are either, as I, I told you, a male tree or a female tree. So when the male tree produce the pollen, we take this pollen in a very small machine. It's all for us 
workers doing it, not machines, manual. It's a small machine where he input in this machine the ingredients and he goes up in a ladder and he goes to every tree and pollinate the um, well, I forgot to, to say something that first we cut the thorns and then we make, it's like babies, we make the tree ready for the dates to come. It's like it gives birth from a kind of cluster. It opens and then we can see from the cluster that it's like uh, green, uh, yellowish, small, small, fine drops. And then on these strands, it's like strands, the buds will come. The bud, it's the dates. So once we have this kind of bud, we go up and then we give it, let's say, to boost and to make sure that it will be a date. It's exactly like an embryo. It's like uh, making a baby in a, a womb. Wow, there's a big... Um comparison you can make actually you have the male and the female and there is the fertilization <laughs> yeah. it is especially also for jamila dates i have three children and the fourth are my dates are my palm trees <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you for after that after that when the, the it, it's there we have to take care of the strands also we have to take care and make sure that every strand has a number of buds in order to have to make sure that at the end we have the premium dates that we would like to give to our clients and our customers. Yeah, do you have any idea? I mean, maybe this is a tricky question, but how many dates you can harvest from one tree? You can harvest from 70 to 100 kilos. Wow. Yeah, you know that the Majhul dates, or let's say I'm talking about the Majhul because it's the, the the well-known Palestine and worldwide it's very famous and all people would like to have it. That it comes on the same uh, bunch, the different sizes, different classes, and different, uh, like from the small size to the super jumbo, and from the class three to class one. How we can differentiate and how we can see the difference, it's with the amount of air inside the uh, the fruit and as well the size, how much it weighs. So there is an official classification for that. Yes, it has an official classification for this. Yes, it has. Like, for example, the Super Jumbo, the biggest one, it's the class one. It should weigh more than 30 grams and the air should be less than 0.5%. And the more it doesn't have air, the better it is. And the climate in the Jordan Valley and in Palestine is very suitable for these kinds of plantation, the date plantation. First of all, the temperature, it needs a dry, hot climate. As well, it's the most oxygenated place in Palestine. So that's why our dates are very special because it's very oxygenated. It has a lot of oxygen. As well, it's watered either from the water spring at Oja, we have a water spring, or from the well. Now, 
Also, something to to say to talk about uh, the palm tree that it can bear the salty water. Sometimes the water from the well is salty, so it can bear. It's really a very unique kind of tree that it can bear. Though the citrus trees they cannot bear salty water, but I would tell you something that there is a difference between the Palestinian dates and the settlements dates. Our dates are watered by pure water, either from the water spring, as I mentioned before, or from the well. Though the settlements dates are watered by treated water, so it's a treated water, and they water the trees with this kind of water. There is a difference in taste. You can see the difference, but also. What makes uh, the Jamila dates uh, also special? We keep our dates on the trees until they are ripen. When they grow as a date fruit, every bunch is put in a muslin bag, and then it's wrapped. The harvest um, period of time is September and October when it's very hot. So we wait until. The ripen dates that are ready to be collected, they drop in the muslin um, bag, and then the worker he goes up in the ladder with a bucket and he collects it. We should not shake our cluster or the um, the bunch of the dates because they are not ripened. They are not ready to be collected. It's like the baby when it's when it's ready to give birth. It will come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When the time is there. <laughs> When the time is there. Yes. The harvest time is in October. September, October. So how long did they grow? Like from the pollination until the harvest. We start pollinating our trees in March. So it's a process. It's from let's say January. Every month you have something to. Take care and do for for the process of uh, date plantation. Yeah, it seems that even the date needs almost as much time as a woman to bear the baby. <laughs> Nine months, <laughs> the same for the date. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And also, I will tell you something. The female it also gives birth like the human beings. So every female it has offshoots from it. Like for our palm tree, date palm tree, we started with 50 palm trees. Now we have 150. These 150, it's the offshoots of the female, the mother. On the side, you mean down from the stem? Yes, on the sides. And then you cut them loose and you replant them. Yeah, but it's a process, and you have to keep it on the mother until they are ready to be separated like teenagers when they are 18 and they are adults. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> How old can a date tree become? 100 years. And what happens after that they die by themselves? Yes. And the, the the peak of producing dates are the first 15 years. It's still it produces it produces uh, dates but it's the peak. And if you want to start a date plantation there are date plant nurseries where you buy your first plants from or how do you start something like that at the beginning yes it was a nursery but now if you go to the jordan valley first it was to get a date palm tree it was very expensive 
it was more than a hundred dollar now there are a lot of lands planted by date palm trees so now you can get it for 60 shekels oh wow yeah that's yes a big, uh, reduction yeah do you have any idea how many date farms there are in the jordan valley it's almost twenty thousand dunams and uh, you have from nearby jericho until up north around uh, 150,000 date palm tree 150,000 yes we talked about it a little bit before but you have palestinians who have their own date farms but then you also have israeli settlers who moved into the jordan valley and that area is very good for planting date palms because it's very low so there is a another oxygen level which is really good for the plants and there is sufficient water but these israeli settlers are in area c which means it is west bank it's part of the palestinian west bank but in the same time it is under israeli military control and these settlers move in there and they use the land and the water to have date farms now a lot of people abroad are becoming aware of that and they don't want to buy from the Israeli date farms. They want to buy from Palestinian farms. But they say it is sometimes very hard to distinguish where the dates are coming from because the settlers realize that and they are now saying that they are coming from South Africa or from other countries. So how do people in Europe and America make sure that they have actual dates from Palestinian date farms? For us, for the Palestinians, you have a lot of obstacles to uh, export our dates but nevertheless, we are exporting our dates through uh, channels. There are a big companies from the Palestinian uh, side working with the date sector. And they have their own hubs in uh, Europe, let's say, in uh, the USA. You can find the boxes and as well the dates. It's written on it, it's a product of Palestine or produced in Palestine. But I cannot uh, also deny that uh, maybe for the Israeli sites, it's easier and it's less costly for them. For us, it's more costly because you have to have back-to-back and uh, you have to pay extra cost for exporting. So there are, there are, for me, I'm not exporting, for me, as a small farmer of date plantation, I cannot have a big factory to classify my dates. So I have partners, Palestinian partners, where I do the primary uh, work at my farm with the help of the Palestinian uh, woman. And then I um, carry all my dates that are ready to first to be fumigated and then to be classified and uh, put in uh, my boxes in a factory. So they are also helping the small farmers. Themselves, they export their uh, dates. And sometimes it's a channel for me. They buy from me my dates and they export it to, uh, to the world. You said a word that I didn't know, fumigate? Yes, fumigate. Now, for um, the dates to be kept... You know, sometimes insects, uh, ants, it's not like tomatoes or let's say oranges or uh, it comes in a box. You have a lot of varieties in the same box. 
the yellowish, the rotten, uh, or sometimes there are ants. It's very sweet. Sometimes the ants go inside the muslin. So in this fumigation, that it's uh, 100%, let's say, um, health-wise, it's food-graded, they make sure that the dates are fumigated. So if there is any ants or these kinds of things, we get rid of it. Yeah, now I remember sometimes when I have a box of dates, especially when I leave them for a longer time, I don't eat them and then I open it. And then there is sometimes a date that when you eat it, you feel that there is something strange inside and then you open it and then there's all this like little, um, I don't know how to say it, but it's as if the, as if it was eaten from inside maybe or the pit inside just is disappearing. Do you know what I mean? What this is? I know exactly. I will tell you a tip, uh, my dear. First of all, don't leave your dates, especially the medjool dates, outside of your freezer. They should be kept in the freezer and this is what we do. It will stay fresh for one year, two years and three years. Nothing will happen. I'll tell you why. Because the natural date, it was genetically modified by a human. So it's not by nature. From that aspect, you should keep it in the, in the freezer. In the freezer, not in the fridge. Yes, not in the fridge. And this is what we do. Now, before the corona, let's say, I didn't have any big fridge to keep all the harvest, let's say, two tons or three tons or six tons. So I was renting a fridge with the people that they are my partners in um, classifying my dates. So it was always kept in the freezer minus 18 as well. And also when you want to move the dates from Palestine to the whole world, it should be in a reefer. That's why it also makes it a little bit more costly. It should be kept in Minus 18. So if if you want to transport from Palestine abroad, does it go by ship? Does it have to go in a freezer on a ship? Yes, in a container. In a container. It depends either by ship or by air or by um, trucks sometimes. Like, for example, if you want to export to, let's say, uh, the Far East, it goes via Jordan. So first of all, it's through the bridge and then it goes by air or I think by uh, shipping from uh, Aqaba. Hey, and you said that there are many different types of dates. Can you say something about the different kinds that grow in Palestine? Besides the majul, is there another type of date? Yes, they started planting birhi. As I told you, there are 600 kinds of dates. For us, let's say, in our farm, we got uh, five trees that are not majhul. They are other kinds. And these kinds, humans didn't do anything genetically or something. So you can have them outside of your fridge. Nothing will happen. It's like birhi, dikinur, hijazi, zahidi. And also they come from different regions. Originally, I mean, from Iraq or from Algeria or from uh, Saudi Arabia. So these kinds, they grow, but mainly it's the majhul. In Gaza, you have the birhi. Closer to the sea. Closer to the sea and the, it's yellowish. You know, the, the process of the date to get ripen, first of all, it's like green. It's like a bud. And then it's like chickpeas. And then it grows green and bigger. Then it's yellowish. And then it starts become a date. 
So birshi, we eat it and they sell it when it's yellowish. Do people also use these in Ramadan or it's very uncommon to eat that? Well, it's usually the brown dates that we eat. And sometimes, yes, sometimes it maybe can, they can eat uh, the birhi, the yellowish. But no, in, in Palestine, it's the majhul. So now it's the season as well. Now it's like a lifestyle. The dates. Now it's not for, like for Ramadan. Dates now are becoming... People are, they are willing to buy dates because it's a substitute for sugar. It has this sweet, soft, caramelized taste. So you can fulfill your sweet teeth by eating uh, a date. And for Jamila as well, I also developed the idea or I presented my dates in a different way by dipping them in chocolate and toasting them in different kinds of nuts as well coconut roasted coconuts and this really it gave a special a unique touch for our project so i was making them uh, always the whole year especially also in the feast season uh, holiday season christmas ramadan eid uh, fitr all these occasions I remember the first time I had the date dipped in chocolate three years ago, and then there was also a nut inside. And I was like, oh my, this is so amazing. Maybe they were yours. I don't know. Where do you sell them? Where You sell them all over the West Bank? And not yet. It's uh, either uh, through, I was participating in bazaars in Jerusalem, as well also through the social media, the Facebook, the Instagram. This is my channels. Hopefully... I will um, be able to uh, produce more of my uh, Jamila delights, which are uh, dates dipped in chocolate. But now for the time being, there are priorities for the family and for my kids. Yeah, I understand. So basically, it's a small business and you find different markets where you can sell them in smaller quantities. Yeah, exactly. Can you also... Give us a bit of an idea about the health benefit eating the dates. Because as you said, people are replacing sugar by eating dates. And you said there are different qualities of it that are beneficial. Actually, I prepared the benefits of dates as, let's say, a leaflet. I'll send it to you on, uh, let's say, uh, on the WhatsApp. So you can read more if I will forget anything. But first of all, it boosts the immune system. It also, it's very healthy for, let's say, if someone is suffering from constipation. As well, also, it's easy, the delivery for the for the woman. It's also for the diabetes, because the kind of sugar inside, it's not kept in the body. It's consumed, so it's not like uh, preserved in the body. So the diabetes can eat it freely with no uh, worries. As well also for the kids, for teething, they can ease the gum for them when they are also starting to teeth. As well, um, the teenagers that are uh, willing to build muscles and also to eat healthier, they can grab dates with them with nuts so they can uh, have the sugar and the energy with the omega-3 all together. What else? It's also to break the fast. So you have a stable sugar level. It's very good for the bones. It has potassium. Besides just eating dates, just like that, are there other products that people do with dates? I know sometimes I find in the supermarkets here, 
date syrup and date paste. What do you do with those? You can do a lot of things with the dates, with the fruit itself, as well also with the tree. Like for the tree, you can do from it silage. It's like food for the animals from the leaves. You can also use uh, to do baskets, a nice baskets where once when you come to my uh, farm, you will see them. As well, the dates itself, you can eat it. And you can make from the date molasses, the date syrup. As well also, from myself, I make date paste. The date paste, it goes into our Palestinian uh, sweets a lot. When you do pastry with dates or let's say biscuits, cookies, the molasses can be a substitute for the high fructose syrups like corn syrup or uh, let's say uh, sugar or something uh, similar to it. As well, the stone inside, you can crush it and you can roast it and you can make a decaffeine uh, coffee from it. Oh yeah, I've heard that for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. So you can actually drink it as a, a, a hot drink that It, does it taste a bit like coffee or is it completely different? No, it's different. It's different. As well, I heard recently, maybe a few days ago, that if you put a few of these stones, and let's say two or three, in a cooking pot full with meat, it will be cooked faster. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I have never tried it yet. I will try it and I'll tell you. It's interesting. I think a lot of people would be happy to do, especially during Ramadan, <laughs> if they want to, yeah, to, just to, to cook lots of meat. Finish. Yeah, yeah, to cook. To yeah. cook it quickly. Also, during the end of uh, Ramadan when, with the Eid, you eat ma'amul cookies. They also have dates in it, right? Yeah, we make it. You have uh, cookies either with wheat flour by itself or with wheat flour and semolina. We have one that uh, we... Um, make especially for Eid, also for Easter, the kak wal ma'amul. Yeah. So, uh, yes, we use dates. And um, this year is my first year to make the date paste. It's all homemade with no additives, with no machines. It's just to take the pit out, the stone, and just put it in a bag. So when you make the dates, you kind of like, you just crush it? How do you make the paste? It's all handmade by hand. So we have the basket, it's full of dates. We take out the pit from every date and we just put it in a bag of one kilo, nothing else. If you take out the pit, then the date itself is still a date. It's very soft. The date is very soft. So you can just squeeze it. It's just like this. Very. It, it doesn't need a lot of effort. Yeah, because I'm thinking about like the dried dates. When they are dried, they become harder. But before that, it's very soft. Yeah, and the date ajwe, it can be made from the majul, from the birhi, from all kinds of dates. There's really a lot of different use also for... Uh the dates yeah yes so you, n right now you are very busy because it's just before uh, ramadan and then afterwards you would you'll still be selling dates is this the process you're busy with all year round or are there times of the year where it's more quiet well there are also period of time when it's quiet but 
The peak is Ramadan as well also Christmas. Sometimes there are special events where they ask me to prepare dates or uh, let's say um, special things. But sometimes it's very, very quiet. That's why I um, moved to another thing just to boost my work and as well to cover my running costs because you have running costs all over the year. So especially also during Corona, I started thinking about agritourism. The, you know, people wanted when it was a little bit less regulation, they wanted to go out. So when they wanted to go out, they will visit nature. That's why I presented my, uh, my farm and uh, my work for them to have the chance to come and visit my uh, farm, to hear about the date plantation, to have a cup of coffee with a date or a cookie, paying a very small amount of money, but just to يعني, like an entry fees. Actually, before Corona, we were hosting small groups from uh, Sweden. They were a group of, let's say, 10 to 15 professors coming from the universities via the Swedish Christian Center in uh, Bab al-Khalil. So we were arranging together. So they have a stop at uh, Jamila Dates Farm where I can also prepare lunch or breakfast and they can hear about the date plantation and uh, spend, let's say, a couple of hours and leave. That sounds like something that would be really interesting if we bring people to Jericho, because it's just a, like a 10 minutes ride from Jericho. Uh, yes, it's a 7 to 10 minutes drive. But if people wanted to do that, they'd have to arrange it with you in advance because you are not always there, right? Yes, I'm not always there because I live in Jerusalem. And my kids are going to schools in Jerusalem. All in the core of my life is in Jerusalem. But my dream life, let's say, is in Awaja. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, I know. As a Jerusalemite, you don't have any choice where you want to live. You have to prove center of life is in Jerusalem. My last question for you is, uh, I'm curious, are you the only female date farmer that you know of or are there others and how is it because i think it's a man's world so i'm just curious about that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> as far as i know i'm the only one and uh, as i told you it started as a hobby and then um, i worked a lot for this project i went through a lot of workshops i also read a lot I had a lot of, not problems or obstacles, but I would name them challenges. Why? Because it's a sector dominant by males. And for me, I'm a small farmer. So I had to be strong. I had to look like a woman, but to also behave like a strong man. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I feel that I have achieved something. They know that Jamila Dates is there. I had support from a lot of people and I had also, let's say, challenges with a lot of people. But alhamdulillah, now we have our um, project, we have our uh, business and uh, it's uh, something to grow, but with values. I'm not seeking a very fast profit or I'm seeking a profit, let's say, money-wise, but before money-wise to have a profit of values, to spread the word that we exist 
that we can do something. And as a woman, it's for me, I am presenting Jamila dates, but it's also for my family, for myself, but as well for my family, for the generation to come, for my husband to, let's say, when he's retired, he can come and follow up, be with me in the project. So at the end, it's for the family. That's very beautiful. And I think you can be very proud of yourself. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Doing that, being a mom, uh, being a wife. And you told me that your husband works abroad, so you have to do a lot of things by yourself. And then also setting up a business and even finding time to reach out on Instagram to me to say and offer <laughs> that you can come and visit our date farm. That means that you really have a vision So I wish you really all the best in this project. I will put some links in the show notes of the podcast for people so they can check out your Instagram where they can see a little bit more. There are some videos and photos there. And when people sign up for visits to Palestine, especially we have the October program planned with Salim, we are going to Jericho, so we are planning to come and visit you. Yeah, ahla wa sahla. <laughs> ahla wa sahla. That would be amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward, but I would like you to come and see it in real. On short notice. In real, yes. inshallah. I, inshallah, I'll be there. I'll be at the farm. Even if you come in Ramadan, no problem with us. It's the month of not being lazy, just to work, inshallah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish you Ramadan Karim. Shukran. And I hope to see you soon. Thank, Thank you, you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Stories from Palestine. If you enjoy the podcast, then here are several things you can do to support the show. Tell your friends about the podcast. Share some of the social media posts on Instagram or Facebook. Start following the YouTube channel. You can also hear the podcast audio there. And soon I will start uploading videos. Sign up for the email list so that you get a reminder with a clickable link to the new podcast episode. And in the future, you will be updated about programs and trips that I will start to organize. And of course, you can donate to help me pay for hosting the podcast and the website and all the related recording costs. It's the only source of income I have at the moment, so you can imagine how much I appreciate every cup of coffee or falafel sandwich that you buy me on the coffee platform. All the links that you need can be found in the show notes and on the website storiesfrompalestine.info. That's it. I hope you will tune in again next week. <laughs>